Are you ready? Starting now? <laughs> well, now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers better appreciate it. When we started, we were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, man. You know, shoot our wad into the wind and see what happens. <laughs> What's right. the title of this uh, podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> our fucking faces are everywhere now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but You're but welcome, ladies. <laughs> right. Popular with the ladies. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really? totally. this is this is fucking explicit now. <laughs> ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. <sighs> la, 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 la. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And uh, yeah, we had a little bit of fun here. We're, uh, we're a little bit like, <laughs> we're like, we're like, 15 minutes off on the uh, the time that we started recording which you know again is not that big of a deal but uh, yeah we've got we've got a uh, returning guest Daphne welcome once Thank again you for having me not a problem we had a little bit of a little thing on Daphne's end every time she connected she was getting <laughs> kicked out so um you know stay stay until uh, well stay until you're I, kicked out right right but in this case <laughs> but but in this case we actually wanted to keep well, you on I appreciate so appreciate that um yeah, well, we we do too. So, all right. So, just a, a quick little little recap here. So, episode twenty seven, we had you on, and we went through everything that brought you up to um, obviously that that point of sobriety. And uh, if I if I remember correctly, where we ended off, basically, you were in the middle of uh, wine country at a treatment <laughs> center. Um, I think that's where we. <laughs> I think that's where we where we ended off. But um, so basically, what we want to talk about here, and uh, in my in what we talked about towards the end of the episode, is the you know kind of the meat of all this stuff. Is you know obviously we find out everyone gets there. Everyone's got their war stories, which we talked about, and then then the key there is like how did you how did you get sober? That first part of it, and then you know what have you been doing for the last four years? So um, Mike and I were thinking too that, uh, and I think this might be a great way to do it is. Um, We've got a ton of questions. Obviously, there was a lot of things that, that came up when you were went through sure. your story. So if you don't mind, I mean, um, we'd like to ask you questions throughout this, too, and kind of hit some of those high points. Feel free. Obviously, tell us what, what you need to. Sure. But, um, you know, if you're cool with that, I think that we can, because uh, I want to get as much of this content in this hour Absolutely. as we can. Because I, I know you're. I know you're doing good work, and we want to get that out to people. It's important, you know, so if you're cool with that. Yes, I love it. Sounds great. Okay, yes. cool. So first of all, um, give us your sobriety date again. And, and let's, what do you think, Mike? Let's focus on the first 30 days right off the bat. Let's start with that. All, all right. right. Well, so first of all, thanks for having me back again and giving me, you know, the opportunity to participate in my own recovery today. My saving days. Thank Welcome. you. My saving days. Great. Is <laughs> July the 29th of 2018. My last drink was on the 28th of July. 
So, uh, yeah, the okay. 29th uh, was the first day that I woke up and have not put any of those horrible poisons in my body. So, uh, let's see. Uh, I go to treatment and uh, I am there for 90 days. And yes, it was in Hill Country. Oh, God, of all places. Um, you know, I never had gotten to experience any of that. And then when I finally get to see it, I am in a druggy buggy and able, you know, not able to really. <laughs> yeah, when we got out and was going to our meetings, I was like, oh, my God, like, where the hell have I, like, landed? Like, is this a dream? It's like a nightmare. Like, it was horrible. But uh, but it was good. At, but mm -hmm. it was good. So, uh, so I'm, okay, so it is a 12-step uh, based treatment facility. And, uh, you know, and the AA was new to me. Like, I did not know anything about that program. So uh, basically for 90 days, I, you know, the 90 and 90, and it kind of all made sense after the fact, I was in a meeting for 90 days. So, uh, and again, it was AA based and I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anything about, about the big book or anything. So it was, you know, it was all new to me. So I was there, uh, like I said, for 90 days and it kind of, you know, it really set that foundation uh, to be in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, uh, and I had, like I said, in the last podcast, I had only attended one meeting and, uh, you know, I, I really had all great intentions on going back the next day, but I, you know, I was drunk and I, I and hmm. I didn't go. So right. <laughs> made a little... being, being drunk, uh, yeah. Being drunk out in the way of things. Right. right? And plus I had gotten a DUI. So I was, you know, I was afraid to drive. So needless to say, I did not go back to that meeting. And instead I made that great decision, you know, to go to, go to detox. So let's see, uh, upon leaving the treatment, you know, at this time, now this is my new life. You know, I had just built like this firm foundation and I was starting out on these things that had been instilled in me over the last 90 days, you know, and I guess it was at that moment that, you know, I, I, I chose to recover out loud, like from the day, the moment that I left treatment. And I, I think it was probably because like any good alcoholic, you know, you got to post it all on Facebook. So I checked in <laughs> on Facebook to the treatment center. Like I, I must have been on some good drugs leaving detox because I don't know what possessed me to do that. So, yeah, on Facebook, my last post was checking in to this, you know, this treatment facility. So I knew at that time, like there's going to be people that are sitting around waiting for me to fail, you know. And I've got, sure. I've got to do this right. Cause I've already put this out there. So there's no going back. So at that moment, you know, I decided to make my recovery story louder than my drinking story. And so, uh, fast forward, I, I'm told when I leave treatment, I need a sponsor within a week and I need to be a sponsor and start sponsoring within two weeks. And I was like, man, that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. Really? Yes. Really? Right. I know. Yeah. I was like, damn, you know, like I really didn't know if I wanted to go back to these AA meetings, but apparently if I got to find a sponsor, I guess I got to go back. So I went back right. immediately. Uh, the moment I left treatment, uh, we stayed in Austin at night because it was three and a half hours away from my house where the treatment center was. So we stayed in Austin um, that first night. And then the next morning, I woke up and, and went straight to an AA meeting. So from the moment I walked out of treatment, uh, you know, I started implementing everything that I had been learning. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Those 90 days prior. So, uh, so what, what the hell was that? I'm so sorry. It is my dog, but 
She's no, no, you have to apologize. Okay. No, that's cool. Okay. No, no, no. Well, you uh, you probably listened to uh, if, if you listen to the one with with Justin. I mean, basically, his sounded like his dog was eating his leg. Right. And, um, I'm I'm in a house right now. I'm in a house right now with my with my sister. Where today, because my niece is home uh, for the weekend, there's four dogs in the house. So you may hear some dogs in the background. <laughs> Anyhow, it, it's all it's all fine. I just that sounded like just a, this ungodly scream. So that was cool. I might have to isolate that one, put that into our intro. Well, <laughs> well, hey, I can open the door and give you some more if you want it. No, my in-laws are in. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Hey, and my in-laws had come in town last night and they brought their dog. And my mother-in-law had been out walking the dog and they just walked back in. And so apparently. Coco with all of her, you know, 20 pounds, the watchdog, she's going crazy. But anyway, she's out of here. So sorry about that. Um, so, no, no, no. So, so quick question on, on what you'd, and, and Mike and I went through the same thing with the Keating Center, as Mike had said in the past, you know, and introduced us to AA and we had to go mm -hmm. to meetings and all those sort of things. So were you guys in, when you were in that facility for that 90 days, did you, were you just going out to meetings? Were you guys doing groups in there? How oh, was that set geez. up? Yeah. So, um, we would go out to two meetings a night and, uh, that was like, you know, our field trips. That was so exciting to get the hell out of there and mm -hmm. get to like see the world. <laughs> and like, you know, I mean, you don't realize how sheltered you are until you can't go anywhere. And so, um, we would, we, we got to go twice a week, but the other seven nights, I mean, the other, uh, five nights of the week, we had our own meetings. So we had a meeting every single night and then, um, right. yeah. So during the day, oh my God, like from the moment we woke up until the time we went to sleep, it was classes. Uh, it was meetings with the counselors, with, uh, the recovery coaches and, uh, you know, just trying to work through what kind of got me what got me in this grand situation to begin with and mm -hmm, and right. like the big book okay. studies and uh i love that stuff like i soaked it up because you know i didn't want to go back to where i had just come from so yeah it was total uh right. from the moment we woke up they woke us up at six o'clock and i wasn't used to being in confined spaces with people like that especially <laughs> let me rephrase that with people that i didn't choose to be in a confined space with right oh my god yeah so right. like it was a big it was it was huge for me because i went from living at home with my mom and dad to living with my husband you know what i mean like i wasn't in, i wasn't in a dorm in college and stuff around all these females and it was a it was a it was a big ass culture shock to say the least i don't even know if culture shock is the quite the right the right word to use so i would wake up at five o'clock and i would have that one hour uh, a piece of time by myself mm -hmm. and I would go out and sit, uh, sit and read devotionals and, and smoke and enjoy the time being like with right. everybody. And then once that <laughs> RAs came around and woke everybody up, it was, Oh God, all hell would break loose. And it was crazy. It was like, I was in, I mean, it wasn't what I expected. Like I thought it was going to, it was very, very structured, but at the same time, mm -hmm. You know, you're dealing with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds that deal with right. that deal with situations <laughs> in a lot of different ways, ways that you mm -hmm. never did and, and never plan on. And so, um, and a lot of them were younger. And uh, for once, I felt like the most mature person in the in the place. But um, it was, it was it, it, I, I got to say, after 90 days, I still was not like really used to that. But anyway, so that answers your question about, yeah, it was lots of classes and stuff. And, and um, you know, and I thoroughly enjoyed them. Like, I really, 
enjoyed them. And I would really get pissed off when people would, uh, you know, not pay attention or they'd fall asleep or they would talk or they would eat. Mm-hmm. Because every little thing that they did, the teacher would stop, you know, the counselors would stop and then they would have to discipline them. And I'm like, damn, you know, you're acting like you're in the third grade. Like, take it serious. Like, for me, this is my life. <laughs> you know, this is my life. And, and and I hate to say it, but this is the, this is the truth. A lot of those, several people came in on scholarships, so it was not money mm-hmm. out of their pocket. My my insurance right. did not pay for this, and uh, we it, it was fifteen grand a month. And my husband, thank God, offered them like a cash option, and they took it. However, so this is money that's out of my pocket, you know, and I'm not getting this free ride. So I am trying to get every dollar out of this. And you could kind of see the people that had a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in it, and then those that did not. And so those tended to to be the people that were not taking it seriously. And so for once, I could finally say that was like, I never paid attention in school. I don't even know how the hell I ever graduated. But I was determined to get every bit of everything that that program had to offer me. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so that's that. So it, so it, I mean, it sounded, it sounds like that when, when you went in there, you, uh, I guess, surrendered and committed and, and all that stuff. Whereas that wasn't necessarily, we talked about it, not necessarily my story, but, um, so, but, but Mike, everything she just talked about, I think with the exception of the maturity, because, <laughs> yeah. because neither, I don't, I didn't feel more mature in there, but no. do you, do you see, you see a lot of similarities in that with what we dealt with at the Keating Center with the exception of the money part. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, first of all, I've been to a couple of 90-day programs, and, um, you know, it is very concentrated. Uh, Thankfully, the Keating Center was much longer, so we had more time to work. But, um, yeah, those, those, you know, they they force you into the we of the program very quickly. Um, And and the second part is absolutely, you know, um, even though we didn't pay for the Keating Center um, monetarily, you know, my recovery, I, I tell people all the time, you know, look, I, I, I'm not willing to give this up because I have burned way too many calories to get to where I am today. Right. You know, I earned this thing. I earned this right. thing. I've worked really, really hard for the past 12 and a half years to get to where I'm at, and I'm not willing to throw it away so I can feel good for 20 minutes. Right. Right. <laughs> well, well, and that's what and that's what our sponsor said. What uh, what Joe had said. And I, I I know. I think I talked about that once, but posted. It, I think once is that, you know, there there's that turning point between you know because everyone always says, you know, what are you willing to do? Uh, what are you willing to do when you first come in? Right. And he, he told us that at, at a point it turns from what are you willing to do to what are you willing to to give up or give away? Mm-hmm. And you know, his point to that was that once you realize that, you know, like Mike just said, you're I don't want to give away right. anything, and right. I don't mean stuff. I just Everything that that he and I and, and all three of us have worked for in this time frame, I don't want to give up any of it. And that's a cool place to right. be in. So, and you know, and it's sad because that really wasn't the case for a lot of people that happened to be in there with me at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. it's like I, I'm this was my option, or, or I was going to jail. You know, this was my option, or I'm. You know, it's kind of like three meals and a. You know, what is it? Three hots and a cot. It's like people that's it yeah and, and it made me sad because today at this time i know of two people that i was in there with that 
you know, that lost their life to this disease. And those would be mm -hmm. two people oh, yeah. that were not taking it serious, you know, that I, I could just see. And actually both of them got kicked out of the treatment center and then later lost right. their lives. And it's just, it's sad. It, it breaks my heart, but I knew I did not, for one, I did not want to go back to this place that I was because right. it was living, living hell, even though it was saving my life. It was like, I thought I was going to kill myself at times because it was crazy. And, um, and then I didn't want to go back to the other life either, you know? So I wanted, it was right. a new way for me to live and I had to learn it. Like, you know, I was learning to live again. I have never lived a sober life. Mm -hmm. And so I, I totally did, you know, I soaked up every, every moment of it. And for once I felt like a nerd because I was like, I was that one. I couldn't have <laughs> enough highlighters. I couldn't take enough notes. And, you know, and, and I look back on it today and, and I'm grateful for it because that is what, I, like I said, got me on this firm foundation that I thank God am on today, mm -hmm. you know, just for today. Uh, and I'm not going to stop doing those things. But um, yeah, so let's see, I get out of treatment. And that's when I'm like, get a sponsor and, you know, get all these sponsees. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, like, I got to learn who, who is Daphne? Like, who is this? Like, who am I? Like, first of all, <laughs> like when I first got out that day, my husband picked me up. Oh my God, we went to Target. I swear to y'all, I felt like a freaking alien. Like, it's crazy. If you've been locked up before, like, and you get out, like, I see how people that have been in prison for years, like, are freaks when they get out, because I totally felt like a freak. Like, I did not, it was just the strangest thing, but... Anyway, obviously, I've, I'm not a freak anymore. I've come out of it. But um, so. <laughs> well, you're just a different, a different type of freak. And, that's yeah. All. And, and so, so much for that maturity. I learned once I got out, I really wasn't that mature. But, um, but that's okay. Because I'm sober. Hey, I'm sober, not mature. So I go back right. to the place. <laughs> Wait, uh, that's a that's a plug. I'm going to cut that one out, too. I'm sober, not mature. So Thank you, Daphne. I, there's more where that came from. So I go back to this place that I had initially gone to the meeting at. And I was like, you know, I really, I did like the ladies that were there. And it was, a, you know, it was convenient. And I was like, I, I like them because they had reached out to me when I did not return. And I was like, that's just odd. And you know, that's just you not being in the program, you don't realize that that's what we do. And so I was like, Oh, they're so sweet. Let me go back there. So I go back and I go to a speaker night. That was the first, uh, the next thing that I did. And I immediately got stalked by this woman who became my sponsor. And, uh, but like she, she went, she was like stalking me on Facebook. She was texting me. She was calling me. I was like, what in the hell is going on with this woman? Like, why won't she leave me alone? And she was like, I want to be your sponsor. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And you know, looking back, you, you really need to pick your sponsor. Like I, I if I could tell anybody in this program, you know, you want to have what they have and you know, you need to, you need to uh, interview these people. And I didn't do that because I didn't know that at the time. And long story short, she, um, I more or less became her sponsor. And uh, she told me that I was the easiest <laughs> person she'd ever sponsored. I'm like, well, hell yeah. I just came out of treatment for 90 days and life is good today. And so I became her, we became friends, which is not good. And then I was pretty much her sounding board for unfortunate things that were happening in her life. And so I, so things kind of happen in, you know, a little different than I think they're supposed to. And so needless to say, we're still friends. And unfortunately, she's kind of come in and out of the program over the years since I've been sober. And uh, 
anyway, so that's how, that was my first sponsor. And as far as the sponsees came, you know, I really was like, damn, like I, I've got to learn how to live before I can tell somebody else how to live. And granted, well, yeah, right? I know. Right. I was like, even though I got this, this little. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's when, when you said, you know, that, that in two weeks you're <laughs> supposed to be sponsoring someone else. And I was just like, mm, that's insane. Um, right. Because <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, Go ahead, sorry. You know, we were we were taught, you know, you need to get a year. Mm. You know, you you need to get yourself straight before you can help anybody else. Right. You know, you can't give away what you don't have. Right. I'm still trying to find it. I didn't have it. Exactly. Right. Yes. Right. Well, let me I, listen. I didn't listen to them. I didn't do that. So, um, but I did get like I said, I, I got voluntold that I had a sponsor. And so then when it came for the sponsees, you know, I really was like, Yeah, I've got to figure out who I am. And before I could help anybody else down this road, granted, yeah, I had 90 mm -hmm. days more than some people, but at the same time, sure. it was a new life for me. <laughs> so what I did was, is um, like, you know, when people would say, you know, at the end of the meeting, is anybody, you know, are there any sponsors, raise your hand. I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay. And so I would pray as I raised my hand, like if this, per if I am meant to be someone's sponsor, it's going to be from, mm -hmm. it's going to be from my higher power and they're going to come to me. I am not sticking my claws in somebody like that's not, that is not who I am. Right. And so. Oh, the big book says, big book says we can't drag people off of bar stools. Right. Hey, if they, if we could have, <laughs> right. we, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. So yeah. Right. So I, that's for probably two months. Uh, I just waited. Like if they come to me, then that's fine. Well, eventually that came. So I learned hard, the hard way very early on that you cannot save somebody that does not want to be saved. Mm -hmm. Even if they come to you wanting right. you to be their sponsor, probably because they were told they needed to get one. So, mm -hmm. uh, to, <laughs> right, Mike, <laughs> I had to learn that lesson. Yep. It, it was, hard. <laughs> it was very hard because it would stress me out. And then, uh, you know, I would call my sponsor. I'm like, Oh my God, this is, she won't do this. She won't do that. And then instead of getting, <laughs> then I would have to like help solve my sponsor's problems and I didn't get anywhere. And so, um, I, I learned early on tough love and I would rather step on your grave. I mean, I'd rather step on your feelings and step on your grave. That is what I let them right. know early on. And uh, I only had one that was like that. And uh, it was bad. It was hard. And uh, plus she, her drug of choice was meth. And I didn't have a lot of knowledge in that. And um, hmm. anyway, so that was, uh, so once I got her out of the way and tried to help her the best I could, you know, then I started getting more sponsees, but I really kept the number at a minimum because it's not about collecting. Mm -hmm. It's not about quality. I mean, it's about quality, not quantity. And I was not here to say, right. oh, I've got, you know, I've got 90 days and, and, and 45 sponsees. That's not who I am. And I, it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, like a sign up sheet. It wants to be my sponsee. But, um, you know, I want to give like anything. I want to give it my all. And if I can't do that, you know, I, I'm not, I just, I'm not going to half-ass do it. So, um, so right. moving on. So, so yeah. real, real quick thing. So the, and again, the, the treatment facility and, and, and again, like Mike said, that's <laughs> insane, you know, to have you uh, get a sponsor is one thing, but to sponsor people that early. Although I think if, am, am I correct, Mike, didn't they do that? Like back, back in the day, yeah. Bill Bob did that with people. Right. But, well, they didn't um, have a lot of choice, you know, right, right. <laughs> there, were, there was, there wasn't, there was an 80 some years of history behind it. There was, you know, <laughs> 80 minutes. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's not that it hasn't been done before, but the other question that when you were talking about that, did in that 90 day period that you were in there, did they run you through yes. all the steps or how, how did yes. that work? Yes. And that's, a, okay. Yes. So you, so you, you got the, you got the run through, through the steps, whereas we were, what was it? The first, wasn't it the first 60 or 90 days that we were supposed to stay on one, two and three, Mike? Yeah. No, the first 90 days. Yeah. One, two and three. Oh, that's what I thought. Wow. Yeah. And then, yeah, we, yeah, we weren't um, based on the Keating Center, and I'll, I'll say rules, but their guidelines mm-hmm. uh, was that yeah, you're supposed to work on the you know one, two, and three, which are the you know those core, obviously the core steps, right? And then you know, and, to and, Mike's well, point, Phyllis's Phyllis's deal, uh, Phyllis was one of the founders of the Keating Center. Um, her her deal was, look, man, you need to have close to a year of sobriety before you can even figure out how to do a fourth step. Oh, wow. Because you need to pull your head out of your ass. Yeah. You know, you need to be clear-headed. You need to know what the hell's going on in your life to be able to do a quality fourth step. Right. And I agree with that completely. No, I agree. You know, yes, this is... I agree. You know, this is not a, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And, uh, yeah, this takes time, you know, and, and that was the way I did. I mean, I know Bill too. Well, plus we're procrastinators, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, I didn't do my fourth step till I was about 11 months and didn't do that fifth until it was real close to a year because I had a lead schedule coming up and my sponsor wouldn't let me lead until I had my fifth step done. No, I had to have it done. And I were, I can remember like it was yesterday. Uh, them talking to my husband and <clears throat> saying that we might need to, you know, she's not leaving until these steps are done. And if we need to keep her longer, mm. we will. And uh, he let them know real quick, that, oh, this is a 90 day treatment facility. She will stay 90 days. Right. She will not stay 91. And um, their whole thing mm. was, um, they kept thinking I was lying to them because they were like, there's got to be some hidden trauma back here. There's got to be, you know, there's got to be a reason for this. Like, Listen, bitch. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, you know, I like to drink. Like, there you go. Yep. That's what it started out with. I like to get drunk. And then I would drink over everything. That's basically it in a nutshell. Like, what more do you need to know? But they did. Right. They would drill me and drill me. And that was the only one time I said that I wanted to leave was when uh, we were sitting. My counselor said, um, I just think that there's something that you're hiding. I'm like, why? Okay, first of all, I'm paying you cash money. I came here willingly. Why wouldn't mm. I get everything out right. of this that I possibly could? And um, and they did, but they mm-hmm. talked, they kept saying, "Well, we might have to keep her because we feel like there's something that she's not disclosing to us." And this, that, and that. I'm like, again, I like <laughs> to get drunk, and and I really want to get drunk right. right now, thanks to you. But um, anyway, yeah. yeah but no, right. I had to. Do I'm selfish, and I'm. Right. I'm selfish and I'm self-centered and I want to feel good all the time. Right. And fuck everybody around me. Right. What else do you need to know? <laughs> yeah, right. That's my problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm sure that <laughs> I, I'm sure there's somewhere in the big book that states, you know, we don't, you know, whatever. It just, it was so frustrating. I'm like, have you read this book that you're making me read? Like, it doesn't have to be, such, <laughs> I, you don't have to be sexually abused at three years old. To right. do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, right. yeah. So, no, you don't. No, you don't. And so, uh, yeah, so I got, uh, had to work all the steps. And we had homework time each day. Like, wow. We had plenty of time to get through them in 90 days. But it's just, mm-hmm. but it's it's knowing that you are on this timetable. Like, you want to get the hell out of there. You don't want to stay any longer than you have to. And come to find out, that right. was just BS. <laughs> get me, but I don't know. I guess they thought by saying something mm-hmm. like that, it was going to get me to, 
Right. I mean, I'm like, do I need to make up something? Like, I felt like I was on Dateline. Like, you know, when they interrogate the people, like, <laughs> I did not really just kill this person, but you're making me, I'm going to admit that idea just so you'll shut the fuck up kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that's a it, in my opinion that's a that's a weird that's a weird game to play with alcoholics and addicts that right. uh, you know basically forcing them to make up a story because that's what we do <laughs> yeah you don't need to force me to lie right. I know. Right. <laughs> yeah yeah and, and i'm like well did something happen that i don't know have i you know I, and then it got you you know it got you it, it messes with your head like it really messes with your head. right but um thank well i completely understand because yeah the the 90 days i programs that i went through um you know they were psychologically based too and it was it was <laughs> didn't help me at all um you're, you're trying to pile all this extra crap on me i'm trying to get sober i'm trying to <laughs> deal with my problems with alcohol and drugs i don't need all this other crap getting in the way right yeah i guess they thought that i don't know i whatever uh-huh you know for whatever right. reason I mean, yeah, but and I know that a lot of people in there had that kind of stuff, and and they sure. were easy, they were pretty sure, sure about it. Like they didn't make any bones about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I look back now and I think you know I guess they were doing their job, but at the same time, like I mean I'm sure a lot of people would lie to them about that as well. But I'm like again, I like my wine. I like you know right. whatever. <laughs> I, there's nothing else I can say. Next, you know whatever. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, let's see. Where was I? Uh, no, that's fine. Yeah. So you're me, now you're meetings. out. You're going to meetings. You're getting sponsees. You got your sponsor. You're taking <laughs> care of. And I'm guessing you're probably <laughs> probably heading towards that. Like that. That six. How about the like the six months to a year? Um, let's let's kind of go go in that area where you were at we at that point. At six months. Uh, I had to start chairing meetings, and because uh, you had to have six months sobriety. So at my home group, uh, yeah, nice. and, and I was, you know, I was like, oh, this is kind of scary because my home group is enormous. Like at a new, there's uh, five meetings a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new meeting is a great meeting because that's when, you know, people are coming for lunch and whatnot. And there, at any given day, there would be 60 to 80, 85 people. And so that was the meeting mm-hmm. that I started chairing. And uh, I would chair two meetings a week. And I bounced around because uh, I like to hear different stories. I like to meet different people, you know, because like, this was my new life. And I wanted I, I thought, you know, there's more, there's more to this than just what is in my homeroom. I mean, my homeroom, like I'm in high school, my home groups, right? <laughs> shit, right. flashbacks. I can't remember what I did yesterday. But here we go. Um, you know, I saw I, so I, I would go I would drive. So if anybody's listening to this, and you go to a meeting, and you don't like it, there are other meetings, I would drive, mm-hmm. I would have a radius. And so I would go to my uh, ones at my home group, and then uh, like once or twice a week, I would find one in another city. And and plus, it was good for me to get out. I wasn't sitting at home, and I would go, like I said, north, south, east, and west to uh, up to an hour. That was my my minimum. I mean, my maximum was an hour. And so I met so many mm. people in the program. And granted, I'm I'm just glad I didn't fall in love with one of those groups because that's a long ass way to go, you know, a couple times a week. But but I enjoyed <laughs> right. it. So that's a, that's it a commitment. A, it is a commitment. <laughs> Look, I was, I was committed, but I don't know how committed. So, um, so but, that's what I would do. So I stayed busy in those meetings. Uh, I did lots of service work. Oh my God. So that's my sponsor. She loved any time at, uh, the meetings when they were like, so-and-so needs their house painted or this, that, and the other, her hand would raise. And I always knew that meant 
Daphne's about to go paint a house. She loved to volunteer <laughs> her girls to do stuff. You know what I'm saying? So she would come and she would kind of like oversee it. So let me just tell y'all, I ain't done a lot of service, <laughs> service work all the way from going to houses that have horses, cleaning up the horse stuff, uh, renovating houses, cutting lawns. Uh, if somebody had a need for something, I was usually there because my, like I said, my sponsor liked to volunteer us. And so, which it was good. Mm -hmm. You know, these are things that I would, I would mm -hmm. you know, so-and-so needs her house clean. I'm like, oh, I have a maid. So I'm going to clean somebody else's. Can I take her? Like, can I take my maid with me? I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. okay I so I did. I, you know what? It's like, I wanted what those people had. And I was going to, I was going to any lengths to get this life. And so if this is what I had to do, and that's what I did. So I lots of service work. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, and and doing the coffee bar. I was, you know, uh, cleaning the bathrooms at, at my play at the um, at my home group. Anything that arose, if it was a, if I was able to do it, physically able to do it, because time I had all the time in the world. I was there. You know, I would right. do it. I never, hardly, rarely said no. And I uh when they would have like uh, the AA convention, I was at the AA convention. I went and stayed in Houston, uh, outside of Houston. You know, I got a hotel for the weekend. And like, I tried to immerse nice. myself in every opportunity, all the workshops that they would have uh, like that first year, anything like, again, within an hour's driving distance, if no matter where the workshops were, I would go to them. I would attend all the birthday nights because I think that's so important to be there to support those people. You know, and mm -hmm. it almost makes me cry because, you know, it's like every day for us is something to celebrate because, you know, there's so many of us that are not waking up today and that didn't make it home last night. And um, I just love those birthday nights. They're so special. And to see all that, you know, that strength and hope in those people that have made it for so many years. And a lot of those people, you know, it's like, what have they done all of these years to be where they are today? And it's like, I think mm -hmm. after four years, I've sat in enough meetings to know what happens to the people that don't go to those meetings. And right. I think right. for me personally, and I can't obviously speak for anyone else. And I think that y'all might agree because y'all are in the program. Um, for us, the true alcoholic, it's so much more than putting down that drink. I had it interaction with someone last mm -hmm. week on Instagram. And sometimes, you know, we know what we believe because this is what works for us and it's not going to work for everybody else. And those right. things will drive us up the fucking wall when somebody's like, I don't need a meeting. I don't have to go. I just put yeah, the other drink. That's <laughs> right. There, like I'm starting to sweat thinking about it. That's great. That's good. <laughs> I am happy for you, but I truly don't believe that you were drinking vodka at five o'clock in the morning and put it down and don't go to a meeting. Like if you can do that, right. that's great. Like kudos. But for me, and this is my program, this is what works for me because I don't want to be right. that person again. And if you didn't have to do it, then that was some kind of miracle because I, this is what I needed. And this is what works for me. Yeah. You know, well, the fellowship is an important, yeah. The, the fellowship is an important part of the program. Absolutely. You know, it's not, it's not the main part of the program for me, but it is definitely a part of it. Right. You know, I have to keep myself accountable right. to another human being. Abs There's several. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, but, yeah, but, you know, but the program is working the program, and that's something that only 
I can do. Right. No one else can do it for me. Going to a meeting is not going to keep me sober. No, it's not. You know, um, right. <laughs> I mean, I have a, I have, I have a wonderful example of where I shot up in the bathroom of a meeting one oh, time. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know, I was at a meeting and I went into the bathroom and got high. Uh, <laughs> meeting didn't keep. Oh, yeah. You know, but I, again, the meetings are important. The fellowship of the program is important. Right. But the program is working the steps and only I can do right. that. And it's not just one thing. Just like you're saying, it's there are several right. components to yeah. it. You know? Yep, absolutely. And, and, and I can't pick and choose what those are. Right. And, and the thing is, there's a difference between being sober and being in recovery. Lots of people can get sober. Mm -hmm. You know, like my husband could be yeah. sober. I, you know what I mean? Because he's not a drinker. So right. He could well, I, I quit. I quit. I, right. I quit drinking every day. Right. I passed out. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we we actually we just talked about that in yeah. last week's episode because right. uh, and that's that's been an opinion of Mike and I for for years that you know people and that was the the whole point of the the title of the episode you know the the dry you know being being dry or actually being being sober yeah. you know so um and you know for for me to begin with that got that first and I I mean we figured it out probably talking on here that that first nine months you know that I was again I'll say quote unquote there's my air quotes Mike there quote unquote are. sober um, I was probably dry for those first nine months because I had shit in my head that I hadn't worked out but the fellowship and the meetings to that point kept me in the process it maybe did keep me around long enough to have that well, to get my head out of my ass, let's yep. let's just call it what it is you know to hear that pop as Marty used to say yep um, you know, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard watching people that you know think that they can. And, and again, Mike and I are not blind to the fact that there's people out there getting sober in Absolutely. other ways. That's cool. This is this is what right. we do. This is what you do, yes. Daphne, or what you did. And I think one of the one of the biggest things that you said, even all the stuff, and you know that you know kind of them expecting you to sponsor people when you came out of that ninety day thing, is that you said that you got the foundation that you needed in that 90 day period. And you know what? That's what the Keating center did mm -hmm. for us. It was the, the, the foundation. It's like, and it was always explained to us like building right. a house, mm -hmm. you know, granted you can have a house without a basement. You know, you don't, you don't have to go that low in every area, but you have to have a mm -hmm. foundation to build on top of that is the absolute point, right. you know? So, yes. And but go ahead. Oh, sorry. But no, I was just going to say, yeah, go, go ahead. I, that was, both I got it's off okay. on a tangent. Imagine no, that. For a no, 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 no. But I, 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 for me personally, again, everything is you know, it's all about me. For me, I, I could <laughs> not have, I could not have done this had I not been there. You know, and I see that if I had just gone for thirty days, I would have relapsed. They, I needed that ninety days. You know, that for me, mm -hmm. I could not. Now, if you go for thirty or sixty. You win. That's great. You know, if that worked, I am. That's fabulous. But for me personally, 90 days is what I needed. So, um, yeah. So let's see, moving on. So that year, let's see, moving on. Let's see. Like today, I feel like in leading up to that, that from then on to here, like being in fit spiritual condition, you know, it's such a, a, a quite mm -hmm. indistinct concept, but you know, it's noted as an essential ingredient. So that is for my daily reprieve. And I do so many things each day, you know, to keep fit. You know, I have boundaries and routines and those for me are a must. And I started those early on. And I think being in treatment and everything being so structured, I, I, I love that. 
you know, and I brought the moment I left treatment, I still have my same morning routines. They I've added to it, mm -hmm. but I still do the things that I did. So that started, you know, early on. Um, right. That's same with us. And I love it. Yeah. You know, it's like I, my days just don't go great if I don't do those, those things. But um, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the, the, the phrase that you paraphrased from the big book is there is no cure for alcoholism. All we get is a daily reprieve mm -hmm. contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Right. And for me, right. the maintenance is the most important word in that. Right. I mean, it's my favorite. It's my favorite quote from the big uh -huh. book. But that's but that's it. You know, maintenance. maintenance. And, and, and seriously, I have heard that quote so many times where people leave that word maintenance out and it just drives me insane <laughs> yes. because it's the most important word well, in there. Yeah. You know, how, how, how am I going to have a spiritual condition if I don't maintain exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to stay sober today right. on what you did yesterday. Nope. Exactly. Right. All right. And, and Mike and I, Mike and I have talked about that so much and we sat in meetings for a long time because I figure I was, I was out in Cleveland until we were like three years and what, three months, four months sober, Something whatever like it was. And we went to, I mean, I don't know, a thousand meetings, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, however it was, I mean, we went to a lot of mm -hmm. damn meetings in a majority of them. And you said the word speaker meeting, they call them lead meetings in, in uh -huh. Cleveland, but same deal. Some, some person stands up front and tells mm -hmm. their story and so many people. And we'd hear it, we'd hear them, you know, heading up the ramp to that. Both of us would be like, are you going to say it? Are you going to say it? <laughs> yes, they said maintenance. Or if they didn't, we're like, yeah, in, in our heads. We right? never said it out loud. Right. I, I don't remember. You fucking idiot. You forgot <laughs> yes. maintenance. Please forgive me. I hope that y'all will have me back. I'm yeah, so sorry I left that word out. Um <laughs> but no it's a no you oh. didn't you didn't you were what you were you were having a general conversation there are people that will get up there and try to say that exact quote and leave out the word having a general conversation about it you were you were talking about the thing you didn't right. do the quote though we're, we're talking about people that yes. get up there that that are trying to that you got you know big book quoters and, and all those sort of things that try to get these words and these phrases right and mike and i are not those people i no. mean i don't know how many episodes i'm like mike was that in whatever and he's like i don't fucking know i'm like okay well it's in there it's in there right. somewhere. it's in there somewhere right it's not it should be <laughs> it's some <laughs> right so no we weren't no i would i wasn't saying that to you daphne i'm talking yes. about people leading these meetings you know but yeah the maintenance part of it so so and you said you're you're doing what you do and you add to it i mean all these different things this is ex i mean mike and i had we talked about this in episodes that everything that we do stems back to again that foundation right. and we've mm -hmm. said those exact words we do the same yes. thing we've added to it but we haven't taken right. away to it or right. away from it right so so let me let me ask you a question there so whether it's um you at, let's say, I don't know, a year and six months or, or you now sitting here at, uh, you know, obviously four uh -huh. years and in a couple of months or yeah. yeah, a couple of months now, what is your, in, and I'm not asking for complete details, but even just an outline of what do you do every day? Once you're, you open your eyes and your feet hit the floor, what do you do right away in the morning to get your okay. day started? So the moment I open my eyes, well, I don't open my eyes. When I wake up, I pray. <laughs> I pray because let me tell you, my husband likes to talk. And if he sees my eyes open, he does. He's like Chatty Kathy. He just, he'll, I mean, once my eyes are open, <laughs> he starts. And, and it's funny because usually he'll wake up before I do. And I, and I will pick up, you know, if he'll be texting me, wake up. I want to talk. Wake up. It's so funny. Like, it, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> we're, we're weird. But anyway, uh, but I know if I text him, like, good morning, because he's like outside this room, out the, you know, on the other side of the door. 
he'll bust the in with my coffee mm. and he'll come sit on the bed and then we'll just start talking, which I love and it just warms my heart. But bef- before I let him know I'm awake, I, I pray um, because mm-hmm. that is my time, my quiet time. So I will lay in bed and I will pray. And then, then I let him know I'm awake. And uh, then he comes in, we drink coffee and we read. We have uh, three devotionals that we read every single morning. And then I have two, one is an AA and one is a refuge recovery uh, devotional. And so I will read all of those. And at this time, like, that's why I was talking about my routines and and stuff. And my boundaries are are really big. Like I don't pick up my phone. Uh, Like I keep it on do not disturb. So if it's going off, I do not Mm -hmm. hear it, but I don't up until the point when, until all of these readings are done. uh, And then usually I'll listen to a meditation uh, before I do, I mean, I don't touch my phone until all of that's done. Then I'll like, you know, check my text, right. and check on my kids and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, so that is those right th- that right there is a non-negotiable. And reading, having that quiet time right. and prayer time with him, uh, usually before he got involved in it, it was just me by myself. And uh, and and mm-hmm. it's funny because we'll read uh. He'll read the refuge recovery ones and he'll read the AA ones with me. And it's funny because he knows a lot more than some people that are in Alcoholics Anonymous. But right. I, I, he'll, he'll throw out stuff all the time and I just smile. I'm like, damn. And uh, it's just funny. You know, it's just and he laughs and, and it's like it's us. You know, he lives this program with me. But anyway, so we do right. that. And Well, no, awesome. I, like like we most of us have come to the realization that everybody in this world could use this absolutely oh my god yep absolutely they could i know i've said that before too like damn imagine what this right it's a it's a better way to live imagine what this world would be like if everybody joined aa (laughs) i mean it it could not but um okay so that's what i do in the morning um and Mm -hmm. then sometimes uh i'll either listen to like i do a lot with refuge recovery which is a 12-step buddhist uh recovery program and uh they have a lot of good meditations but sometimes i'll just do like a positive morning meditation i love the guided meditations and uh Mm -hmm. no tv i keep the tv off like i didn't i didn't turn the tv on yesterday until like I was getting in the bed and I was here by myself mm-hmm. the entire day. Like, I swear to God, I'm not lying right. to y'all when I say this. I just told my husband this yesterday. I haven't gotten bored since I've been sober. I can always find mm-hmm. something <laughs> to do with my time. Mm-hmm. All There's always right. something for me to read. Always, I mean, I love to read. But um, so once the morning part is done, like, we, you know, we sit around and have coffee and, and I, I will do that meditation, uh, if not one, maybe two of them. And that stuff right there. And then check in with sponsees. Um, that mm-hmm. stuff right there is stuff that I do every day. Those are like the non-negotiable things in my morning. Right. And if I leave, like uh, if something comes up, if there's an early doctor's appointment or something, and we are in the car and realize that we didn't do our devotionals. I have downloaded all the books into my iPhone so that we can do it. <laughs> because, you know, when we were traveling so much, I was tired of lugging the books with me. So everything that I read now is on my iPad or either on my phone. So it's really nice. So there's, you know, there's just kind of like a Zoom meeting. You can always pop it up on your phone. There's no excuse. There's just absolutely, I right, don't have right. an excuse. So that is how my mornings are. And then 
then the rest of the day I will get my, I'll find something to get into. Like I'll read. I love to read. Uh, like yesterday <laughs> I walked five miles and I listened to, um, I listened to a book. I love listening to books on tape. I love listening to memoirs mm. and it was a new one that was just released. It was a, a guy, you know, an alcoholic. And I love to listen to those while I'm, while I'm out walking. And of course y'all's podcast, which uh, I do listen to, <laughs> I do listen to those too, but I got so into that book. I was like, I just got to keep walking. And so after I hit five miles, I finally finished the book and I was like, okay. And I knew y'all had some new episodes. So I'll save those for my Monday walks. But um, nice. yeah. And then, uh, you know, and I, I came back and, and I, I ate lunch and then I sat outside and I read and, um, and then my in-laws got in town. So I, I am, and you know, and of course I'll get on Instagram, but I don't let that consume my time. Like I cannot for so long, that was really hard for me. Um, because mm -hmm. I, I had to reply back to everybody. I had to comment. I, if I followed you, I had to comment on everything. And let me just tell you something that caused me so much unneeded anxiety and stress that um mm -hmm. it took me about two years to finally get over that and and being a people pleaser that was hard it was really hard and so now i'm like if you will know that i saw it because i will comment um but usually i'll post mm -hmm. and i will stay on there i will do that let me rephrase let me backtrack after my devotionals and stuff and my husband start you know gets on right. his laptop and does his thing after we've spent our quality time together in the morning and my meditation then i will get on there and i will spend maybe 30 minutes and that is it and then i get off and then i get on with my day because and i have to keep the notifications turned off because every time that phone dings it does not need me that stuff's gonna be there <laughs> and and like every every tone like and i get anxiety really bad these I, I since i've been sober um you know i'm just a real big empath and noises bother me and, and i think i have a lot of ptsd uh, from my daughter. So anytime my phone dings, I automatically think, think something's wrong with her and, you know, oh, she's arrested. Mm, she's sure. in another car wreck. She's OD. She's, you know, I, I never know. And so now she's got her own special tone. So I don't like my heart doesn't stop too right. often during the day, but when that one goes off, I'm like, oh shit. And, um, so anyway, that's, that's basically <laughs> it. But those are the things that I do that are non-negotiable. Uh, and like I said, you know, of course, checking in right. with others in the so, program and, and, um, but then that is my time. Then I get on with, you know, right. things that so I So basically do. what you're saying is, basically what you're saying is you maintain that foundation first thing in the morning so you can get through the rest of the day. Absolutely. Imagine that. Right. Hey, <laughs> hey it's a miracle. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that I discovered that and I can share it with but, others. Because <laughs> people don't know that. But right. it's amazing. And my husband. Right. I know. Like I've turned him on to. Well, we certainly do. Yes. Right. We certainly do, because that's exactly how I start my day every day, too. The alarm goes off. I don't open my eyes. I say, please. First thing, you know, this atheist prays twice a day. Mm -hmm. um, I say, please, in the morning and thank you at night. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I, I and then I grab my books because right. I'm old school. I have my books and I drag them around with me. We go on vacation and stuff. I take my <laughs> books with me. I know Bill has all his stuff on his phone yes. and it doesn't matter either and way. But but I'm just I'm right. But you know what? I I need to have that physical paper and ink in my hand yes. to I don't know. I know for some reason it just. Right. That's just me, no, though. No. You know, again, lots of lots of paths and lots of people can do it different ways as long as they're doing exactly. it. That's all I care See, about. It doesn't matter which way you do it. Well, and there was uh, 
Yeah, and there was a story that I I, know I told on here the one time, and there was uh, in in Mike's right. I put the I put everything on my phone um, probably five or six years ago, right? You know, because um, it was when well, probably longer than that. Now is when I came back to once, and I was traveling yeah. to work. You know, and I ended up giving. I gave. Uh, I had couple of books that I gave away to people at meetings because they needed them. And then I'm like, well, shit, I got it on my phone anyhow. You know, but the two key things from there, and then Mike just said exactly that. I mean, it's a, he, that's how he starts. I was kind of laughing in my head because everything that you were saying, Daphne, I'm like, damn, Mike does Mike <laughs> does that exact, mm -hmm. not a little yep. bit, Mike does that thing, you uh -huh. know? And then you talked about it on your phone. I'm like, I do that thing. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 path, the fact that and we talked about this before from from the day that that we got sober and started doing, you know, I started doing prayers and all that stuff. That is 100 percent and has been for 12 and, you know, almost a half years now. It's been my time. Yes. And it doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm again, I'm, I'm staying at my sister's down, down, down in Indiana. I've been with, you know, hanging out with somebody. I, I travel all these different things. If I, there are times when I've I've sat in the bathroom after I put my contacts in and I've sat down and I've done my prayers mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's a house full of people and no offense to all these people because i love them to death and it's usually family but um i'm not gonna yes. that's me that's my that's time right. absolutely you know and i get up i get up a little bit earlier than my sister most of the time normally you know so i get that first 15 20 minutes and that gets me through you know my prayers and stuff mm -hmm. like that and i'm not embarrassed no. of it but it's me i want that right. time you know but the um the, the quick thing there is it was a guy that I, that I tried to sponsor in the 24 hour book, the Hazelden mm -hmm. one is a, we talk about it. that a lot. Mm -hmm. We started that in the Keating center. Yeah. And Mike and I still every single mm -hmm. day, I haven't missed yeah. a day, you know, since, the, since we yes. started it. Yes. Yeah. And there was a, uh, there was a guy I sponsored that was one of the only things I was kind of walking him through like the first one, two, you know, and third step. And then uh, I just said, every morning, you got to continue to read that. And always these excuses about, I didn't have time or whatever. I'm like, dude, it takes two minutes. Right. You know, and for, for me, if I got to be someplace or I got shit to do, you know what I do? I get up early. Right. You know? Hey, you're and, and I'm, it's, I, I lose, I lose sleep, you know, for something that's important to me. And I don't consider losing sleep. I'll, I'll get a little bit less sleep because that to me in the morning, I've had people say that. Why the fuck do you get up two hours before you got to go someplace? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It's it's because I right. do. Well, you know? you've got to make that time. <laughs> you know, it's my it's my right. time. Well, you know what? Mm -hmm. You yeah. you made time to to plot and scheme to get alcohol and drugs. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, but you can't make time for this. Like that's why it's like it is a non-negotiable for me. These more, and I value silence more than anything in this world. My peace is. Right. Uh, I mean, I cannot put a price on it. And and like I said, with my daughter, I don't I haven't had a lot of peace. And um, you know, that that time for me is is invaluable. But um and Absolutely. And you know what, and I hate to break it to all you uh normies out there, but I need that time in the morning to get my head right and I've gotta do it every day because my head is completely wrong. But I need that time in the morning to get my head right so I don't kill you. Right? Yes. And you know what? It's just kind of like, oh, you know, I woke up. Oh, my God. I woke up today and I'm still an alcoholic. You know? So let me, I got to yep. do what I did yesterday. Um, and yes, that's, absolutely. that's what I do. So let me tell you. Let me see. Where was I? Oh, COVID. Okay. So COVID hit. So I've been doing all of this stuff. Okay. Same, all of these routines every day. And, and I got to wear boundaries. Like boundaries are huge for me. So. Early on, I uh, my phone goes on Do Not Disturb. If you have an iPhone, you know what that means. At 7 p.m. 
and it does not turn off until eight, uh, I'm sorry, 10 a.m. So from seven at night to 10 in the morning, uh, my phone shuts down. Granted, of course, if you know, I may get on it, but I don't have, you know, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind. And when I get in the bed, I put it on a charger away from me. Um, not that mm-hmm. because, I mean, you know, I, like a little kid, I don't want to reach over there and grab it. But, it, but it, it's my time to sit and talk to my husband and to give him my full attention. And I don't, I don't want to be having a conversation with you while you're glued to your telephone. So I don't do it to you. So that to me, and right. like my boundaries are to protect me, not to offend you. So if, you know, like I do things that I have right. to do to protect myself. And I don't, if it pisses you off, I'm sorry, but you're not living this mm. life. This is what I have to do for me. So I started that, uh, it took me about a year to get there, but I got there. So let's see. So I'm chairing meetings and doing all the service work and sponsoring people and uh, COVID hits. I'm like, oh, my God, like, what am I going to do now? Like, how am I going to go to these meetings? So I'm <laughs> on my way to chair a meeting. I pull over into the tar- I, I had the videos on Instagram. Like, I had this grand idea because uh, this is like right when it started. And they're like, well, we're about to shut down the you know, world and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, this is my way of life. Like, this is what I do. Now, what am I going to do now? Right. Because we don't like change. And so I'm sitting in the Target parking lot and I get on Instagram and I make a video and I'm like, okay, I'm on my way to chair this meeting. The meeting may not happen ever again. Like the world, you know, I think the world's coming to an end. I don't know what's happening. So I'm <laughs> going to, hey, y'all, I seriously started AA Zoom meetings. I swear to God I did. So I'm like, I am going to do a meeting for anybody that needs one. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we may do it on, look, I didn't know Zoom existed. I'm like, we are going to do it right. on um. Oh my God, my mind just went, oh, FaceTime. I'm like, we'll do it on FaceTime. I don't know any other way to do it. Well, I'm like, I got to get to this meeting, but you know, if you are interested, let me know. I get back home uh, from up chair in that meeting and then, you know, watch the news. And I'm like, oh, this is getting really bad. So in a nutshell, what was born out of that was I found out about Zoom and I started a seven nights a week. I did for almost two years after COVID. I did a chair, mm-hmm. a meeting seven nights a week on Zoom. And it I posted about nice. it, it, the post I've taken them down now because they're irrelevant, but it would have the topic for the week and, uh, and it would have the passcode and it would have the ID, whatever. Or you had to message me for the ID, I mean the passcode because I didn't want, you know, Zoom bombers. And so uh, it was a great meeting and we did it, like I said, for almost two years. But let me tell you, you got to find balance. And I was chairing these meetings seven nights a week for a long, long time. And after about the first 30 days, <laughs> I was like, oh God, this is a lot. Because it was all new to me, uh, the Zoom rooms and everything. So I got a co-chair. And so he and I would, we'd still both be on there every night, but I would help him. Then he would help me. We'd back go back and forth. Then after, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, close to a year, we decided, okay, maybe people would like to start helping us. So Right. <laughs> give us a night off. Long story short, people started volunteering and it was all people from Instagram. So it was super, super, super cool. So we really got very close with a lot of people that were all over the world. So uh, wrapping that up, at, at the end of that, um, like I would have speakers, like Jim from Valor was one of my speakers. Like I would always have, you know, on Saturday nights, we would have speaker night. And um, it was mm-hmm. super cool. Like it was, it was, it was phenomenal. I love it. And I don't 
regret one of those minutes that I ever spent doing that. But through all of that, you know, I ended up with sponsees. Once again, they sought me out. I did not seek them out uh, in Canada, Arizona, Michigan, West Texas, uh, one in Colorado. And then not to mention my girls that were local. So um, I did a lot, you know, so for two years, I did a lot of that. So, uh, like I said, it, after two, you know, the world started opening back up again. And I was like, okay, you know, I was traveling a lot. And I, let me tell y'all something. When you talk about commitment, uh, people that were on my meetings can tell you, I would do them. One day we had a blowout on the interstate. I am on the side of the road chairing a meeting with a <laughs> blowout. Like, those are the things that I would do. Um, I would do them from the car. Like, I could, I could do a meeting right now off the top of my head. Like, I have everything ingrained in my head. And um, so right. let's see. So COVID hits. We're doing all of that. Well, then I get COVID. Uh, so I'm I'm sick, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna like dev. I'm gonna delve deeper into the twelve steps. Like I'm always trying to learn more and more. So while I had COVID, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I'm going through the steps again, and I'm like, sought through prayer and meditation. I like breaking it down, and I was like, okay, I know how to pray. But this meditation thing, like my mind is like a freaking squirrel. And so I'm like, I got to figure this one mm-hmm. out. Let me work on this. So I started researching. I found Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous book. Um, so, you know, he used to be a monk. And so I started reading about that. Then he started talking about, you know, Buddhism. And I was like, okay. So then I find out there is refuge recovery, which is, again, a 12-step Buddhist recovery for all forms of addiction. Mm-hmm. So it's not just alcohol over, you know, you can go in there with gambling problems, whatever. And they meditate in that meeting. Right. So I have been, uh, you know, I chair today. I chair those meetings and AA as well over Zoom. <laughs> but I loved that because I was like, okay, I didn't know anything about being mindful, you know? Um, it, it, so mm-hmm. let me see, hold on. I lost my train of thought. Um, so going through, like, learning about the refuge recovery, you know, out of all the things I learned that really drew me in is that we create our own suffering. And <laughs> Loa knows I can create some, some like, in an instant. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I go back to my daughter, you know, her lifestyle has caused my husband and I so much suffering, you know, countless nights of sleep, you know, the anxiety every time, like mm-hmm. I said, the phone rings. And I'm learning today through that like to embrace it like you know i got to embrace that suffering and i've got to turn it into something positive and everything that happens mm-hmm. is not the end of the world like because I, th- I totally think that it is the end of the world and um and the other two things right. that i learned in in that is um my mindfulness and impermanence and you know impermanence is nothing lasts and and i was like damn mm-hmm. i was like 47 years old when i learned that word i never even I, you know, I never <laughs> i'm like okay impermanent so those good times are not going to last so enjoy them and cherish them and then mm-hmm. the times right they're going to go away you know they may it, it yep. may last like it seem like they're not and and but they will and so that today and being you know and then the mindfulness you know it changes your relationship with every single thing and today it helps me mm-hmm. to be fully present and to enjoy what I'm doing at this moment. Like when I get off of here with y'all, living in the moment. I, you yep. know, when I leave here, I'm going to go shopping with my mother-in-law. I am not thinking about what I'm going to buy. I am thinking about my message right now. You know, it's being in this one moment and enjoying this yep. time. 
And, you know, and I want to be here mm-hmm. now and aware of everything that's happening in the present moment because for so long, I was not present. Like, I didn't even know what fucking planet I was on. Like, I didn't even know where I was. Right. <laughs> and so those three things drew me into that program. So now I'm doing AA, chairing those meetings in refuge recovery. COVID is still happening. Um, you know, and like I said, I did a lot of, of research on it because I am a Christian. And I'm like, oh, you know, I, I had about this Buddha thing. And then I had families that are like, oh, you can't worship Buddha, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm not worshiping him. Mm. And let me tell y'all something. Right. not Han, actually, I'm reading one of his books right now. And it, oh my God, it's so good. It's called Silence, The Power of Quiet in a World Full of Noise. I love every mm-hmm. oh, it's a great book, but I love, I've read almost every book that he's written. And he has this quote. And once I read this, I was at peace with where I was on the spiritual journey. And then that's when I decided I need to go get a Buddha tattoo. But it reads, it's, I know, you know, whatever. Um, But it says, basically he says, there is a a misconception that Buddhism is a religion and that you worship Buddha. Mm -hmm. Buddhism is like a practice. It's like yoga. You You can be a Christian and practice Buddhism. And he says that he met a, a Catholic priest at one time who lives in a Buddhist monastery in France. And that this priest told him that Buddhism makes him a better Christian. And when I read that, right. I was like, okay, I can't have both. So on one wrist, I have Buddha. And on the other one, there's a cross. Um, but, you know, I needed that because. So so basically, you, basically you do what works, hey, right? And let me tell you something. <laughs> exactly. And just like we're saying, AA, a lot of people could benefit from it. A lot of people could be, uh, benefit from a lot of the philosophies of Buddhism. And, but the main thing that I loved was yep. the suffering part, because we, especially the past, the path that got us to where we are today, we caused a lot of damage mm-hmm. and I, right. I have to be able to release that, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I've been forgiven and there comes a time I, you can't move on until you forgive yourself, you know, and, and there's power in right. allowing myself to be known and heard and owning my unique story, you know, and using my authentic voice and who am I helping from all of the, the hell that I went through if I don't recover out loud, you know, and I No, that's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All the garbage that we did in the past has value because we use it to help somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, yeah. And that's Buddhism and that's Christianity and that's Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so going on, you know and, how I'm like, and you know uh-huh. what? Oh, go, no, go oh. ahead. Finish your thought, but I'm gonna. Um, yeah, I was gonna do a little wrap up thing here real quick. But go ahead, finish your thought because I think we're what both of you guys just said yeah. kind of wraps everything up. But if you got one more thing yeah. to wrap up with, feel free because then we can we can wrap up. Okay. Yeah. So what I was gonna say was, um, you know, like you know, I'm all or nothing. I'm an extremist. So after learning that, that's when I decided that I needed to keep learning. So here's why I will wrap it up with. Um, I wanted to know all that I could about this disease. I wanted to know how I got to where I was, how I could better help, you know, is all about service. So again, the world's still shut down. So that's when I enrolled in um, a virtual uh, class at the Addictions Academy. And so I started studying through the Addictions Academy. And I loved it because I was sitting in a classroom setting. And um and that's when I received my nationally certified recovery coach, uh, one and two certifications. I went on <clears throat> to be a certified sober companion and safe transport, which I think it's, I just love it. So super cool. And uh, I got training in ethics, 
ethics responsibilities, which, and then at, I ended it up with the NCRP, which stands for a nationally certified relapse prevention coach. So that nice. right there, I was like, I don't think I need to learn anything else. I think everything I need to learn, I just learned. <laughs> I mean, I, unless I go back to school and like get a PhD, I know enough to help someone that reaches out that wants the help mm -hmm. that is there. And I did it thinking I, I researched it. They make great money. And after I, I went through all these classes and paid all the money for them, I was like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to do this for that. That's not why I'm going to do it. I don't, I, I, Hey, I mm -hmm. like my life not having to go cluck in somewhere. I kind of like this. Um, and I had this whole plan out, you know, I was going to do it on zoom and blah, blah, blah. And then people started reaching out to me and were asking fees and stuff. Like I seriously would like, uh, it would give me anxiety. I'm like, you know what? Do you don't need, okay. Is, is, do you need this to put food on the table? No. Do you need this for you? I want to do this for me to help me to help somebody mm -hmm. else. And so I do it for free. I don't need to publicize that, but I don't do it a lot. If I'm reached out to, I will work with people, but I do it out of the kindness of my heart because I just want to be the voice I never heard and give it right. to you for free. And if I can give you any advice, I will do that. But as far as taking clients, cause I've had several people uh, messaging me about it and I'm not like, I will be your ear and I will be your sounding board and I will tell you what worked for me. And I will tell you the knowledge to my best ability that I have retained and that I know, but I would never, not be there for somebody and that is and, and i didn't want it to be a job i wanted it to be from a friend to a friend and so um and i'm not going to get anything else i got enough and i think i got enough knowledge to help me if i ever needed and um you know so that's basically how i, I will wrap that up that is where i'm at today and um well it sounds it sounds to me like you're working a program of <laughs> alcoholics anonymous <laughs> making, your, making yourself Making yourself better so that you can help someone else and make them better. Exactly. That's, That's it. That's it. At the end of the day, yeah. hey, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if one person's life is saved from all of these posts, podcasts, videos I've made, YouTube channel stuff, um, you know, talking on the phone, texting with you, messaging on yep. Instagram. If one person is, if I've helped that one person, every single bit of that is not in vain. And, and my mission is accomplished. Yep. That's it. That's all I want to yep. do. That's, and that's it. That's it. And that's all. That's that is absolutely all that we can ask for. And uh, and like I said, I think that's a that's a great thing to wrap up with. Um, I mean, Daphne, that I appreciate uh, it. Even though we <laughs> we all went through a little bit of maybe that's the point. Hey, that's actually mm -hmm. a theme. We went through hell just to produce this this episode. So <laughs> yes, we did. That wasn't really hellish, or was it? Or was it fifteen minutes of our time? Oh, what is <laughs> I know that was that was that was complete that was complete sarcasm. But uh, I just I thought hey, I think that'd hey, be a fun thing more, to, to pull in there. My end because it seemed like the problem was coming from my phone. <laughs> but needless to say, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. It was I was yeah. joking about that. I just thought it was it was fun to to, to throw that in there. But seriously, All Daphne, right, Daphne, we'll blame you. You can't. Hey, and, and <laughs> yeah, we can blame you if you want. You can't. No, we're going. No, don't blame me. Blame Apple. The newest. Yeah. It's the newest. But, but, Do not. I, I blame. Uh, 
I blame everyone but myself. Come on now. Isn't that what we do? No, if you're listening, do not update yep. your phone. Do not do the latest update because it will fuck you up. <laughs> God, or at least wait till after the podcast update. If you have anything important, yeah, right, exactly. do not update your phone. <laughs> <laughs> all right well seriously though daphne thank you again uh, for coming on mm-hmm. i think this was uh this was a great hour and uh, i mean great great information i think uh you know we got some again some good stuff out good to, to people uh but you know as always though i'm gonna because i did gonna do it anyhow even though this was all about you this this week daphne again but mike anything else on your mind not a goddamn thing <laughs> well daphne you know you know how he closes this out so uh mike yes, run through it all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Sober Not Mature. We want to thank Daphne very much for coming back on and sharing what it's like and what it's like now, because that's what I really wanted to hear. As always, everyone, be kind to each other, be good to each other, do something nice for somebody else this week. And as always, please, please fuck off. <laughs> All right, man. Mike, I love you, brother. Daphne, once again, thank you. you. Thank you so much for for joining us again. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. So everyone, goodbye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, SoberNotMature.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.